Hi, everyone. This is Tim, and welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. And joining me today, as always, is Anthony Kepley. And also joining us from Niles, Ohio, is none other than Matt Emp. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be back after, what, 25 days, you said, Tim? Yeah, 25 days since the last time Anthony <laughs> made an appearance on the uh on the webcast. Yeah, on my own podcast about 25 days. <laughs> but the Indians are winning, though. So, yeah, that is. I brought good luck. I'm loving it. No, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. Yes, you brought good luck. We're going to get into this. So much has gone on since Anthony and I did our last podcast. Basically, it went this way. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been traded. They have mended the trade. The Indians can't lose. Football season has begun. Not only just high school, college, but the NFL. So, Anthony, welcome back to the world of sports. Thank you, Tim. It's been uh, a long 25 days with just anything and everything going on. Uh, but I have had a, the opportunity to catch some sporting events here and there, if, if that's a surprise at all. It's uh, – you know, it's been a uh, whirlwind past 25 days at Blink, and it's already mid-September. My God. I know. Let's get into the fun part. We're going to stretch right to uh, what happened today. As uh, you were up at the place formerly known as the Jake and witnessed baseball history as our Cleveland Indians uh, can't lose and have won 21 straight games in the process of your absence on the podcast. <laughs> and yeah, I tell you what, it's been, it's been a fun ride. I, I, these each and every game and each and every opportunity, uh, boy, they've just come out to play. And some of the stats behind this streak are just amazing. It was, uh, it was a playoff atmosphere. I, I know it was a nooner. I know it was getaway day. And I know it was Detroit's triple A team, essentially minus Miguel Cabrera. But that was a playoff atmosphere. Uh, great to get near 30,000 in the gates. It took us an hour and a half to find a parking spot. Wow. That's how jumping Cleveland was today. Um, you know, it it got the 4-3, and I don't want to seem arrogant, but it never seemed that close. It, it, it It's like you're not beating teams. It's interesting. It, you're bludgeoning teams. And baseball – should not be like this. I'm not complaining, but I know Matt can speak from experience in any sport that winning streaks like this don't come around very often. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible right now what they're doing to their opponent. Granted, it's Detroit and they're bad and Chicago's bad, but remember yeah, they they finished August undefeated. I, I let me let me uh, have some fun here with you, Anthony. You know, Matt did experience a winning streak. Yes, he did. He went undefeated, I believe, uh, in 93 with a 10-10 tie to Stephen F. Austin in the first game of the season. Is that correct, Matt? Uh, we, well, we, in 94, we had one tie, so we really didn't yep. lose the game that year. See? Uh, there we go. 93 was, was also a, a wonderful year for us, uh, which, especially for me, hating that other M word <laughs> that I don't like to use. Uh, we got them back for 92. So, uh, yeah, that ended out a great year. And, and what an amazing uh, uh, 
special time. I popped a lot of champagne in the parking lot of that uh, stadium, my friend. Well, I, I had a lot I'm of very fun. Happy to hear that. I hope you broke the, <laughs> broke the bottle there too. Oh, I did. It was a it was a great it was a great day. Uh, I'll. I was uh, singing the fight song that I had recorded from a few there years earlier, and uh, I have to I have to pull that up for the podcast one day. Yes, you will. Oh, yes. we'd love to hear you sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, but, Bill. Uh, hey, after every win, uh, I want you to sing for that YSU, bad boy. baby. It's all for yeah. YSU. That's right. We'll all sing it one day together. That's right. <laughs> there I'll we go. It. There we go. Uh, should be a lot of fun though. But a- anyways, uh, this Indians club, I think the stat right now, and I'm going kind of off of what previous stats was and adding to it. This is the most, one of the most amazing stats there has been during this 21 game winning streak for the Indians. The Indians have hit 40 home runs, 41. They have given up thir- 41, Yep, 41 home runs, and they've given up only 34 runs in that per home runs than the runs they've given up. That's awesome. They have outscored their opponents, I want to say about 110 to 34 right now. Uh, it might be a little bit more. Hold on. Let me get it for you, Tim. I All got right. it right here from uh, – I, I just go off my own uh, memory, so. No. Uh, hold on. You know I lost it. <laughs> I was – I was so happy that I found it, and I don't have it anymore. That's all right. Hold on. No, it's now it's going to bug me. I should know this stuff. Okay, here. In 21 wins, they've scored 139 runs. They've allowed 35, with th- with 33 being earned. Wow. Uh, they have pretty- they've hit more home runs than runs total. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's it's absolutely insanity what they've it's, done. It's at some point you begin right. to lose terms to describe it. All right, Anthony, here's your trivia question for the day. Name the last losing pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. The last losing pitcher for the Indians, uh, that was against Boston, right? Because they they began the win streak with that thirteen to six win over them in game. Correct. Okay. Um, uh, give me a hint. Was it a starter or reliever? It's a starter. It's a starter. Oh, it wasn't Kluber, was it? It was Kluber. I was right. just going to say Kluber. That's right. And lost like 4 nothing, right? Or 4 to 1. It was, yeah, it was the game where he actually outpitched everybody and had no support. 2 1 or 2 nothing. That's right. Yeah, we faced Fister that day, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Can we I was, it, it was the a, next day. Yep, he out he outpitched everybody, but he, uh, he got no support that game, and he never you know, those does. things happen in baseball. But it's <laughs> you were right, Matt. It was it was Kluber. I, I can't I can't believe it. The non baseball guy got it right. I have to. Hey, I got it right too. <laughs> wow. It's been a while. Hey, you know what? I said to Mark the other day. I we were talking about it, and I said, Mark, what would you do? If not only that, they just finished the rest of this regular season without losing, and I knocked on wood, of course. But they 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 go through the postseason and win the World Series without losing a game. That would be forty eight wins in a row. I, I honestly, the way they're playing, if they don't stop, I I don't think that's out of the question. Oh, 
Uh, it, <laughs> it's uh, some outrageous number is probably realistic. I, I, I just I know what you're saying. It, 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 this team is built on such a character-driven team, where they know that every day is a new game, and mm-hmm. I think they're having fun with this. I think they have the perfect leader in Francona to uh, to really steward them through this type of win. But the, you know what? As an Indian fan, Matt and our uh, and Anthony, one thing you got to remember. Since T- Tito Francona has become our manager, India is having win streaks in September is nothing new. No, nope. Uh, you go back, you know, four years ago when they made the wild card run. I think they won their last what eleven games in a row to make the wild card team. Yes, yes, in two thousand thirteen, and then they and then unfortunately they lost yep. the wild card game. They had the day off, and you know things didn't go right during that game, but. And then last, you know, last year they had the big run again in September where they had a nice win streak. And then this year, this is absolutely can't lose in September. They can't <laughs> it's be just, competing it's again. It's not, it's not losing. It's not being – I mean, how many games have been close except for maybe last night's? Uh, there hasn't been. Married. There's like three of them. Yeah, there's about it's three incredible. or four. I mean, the last two nights are the closest games in a long time. You had a 2 nothing victory. And did today and feel had, close to you? It felt like there was an opportunity for the Tigers to to have a couple innings, but they shut them down. You know no, what? Those dogs weren't scoring. I got a, <laughs> I got the kind of feeling like you know, and, and you got to think the other teams are thinking this. They don't want to be that team for them to get that record against. Yep, they did it. So you know, I mean, yeah, it's adding on every other one they can hopefully get. But they've already broke it, man. So, uh, you know, let's keep rolling. That's right. It is. Roll crying. It's going to be a lot of fun. i tell you what. Uh, the loss of Zimmer is going to be a big loss, though. We haven't talked about that yet. Uh, Bradley Zimmer, the center fielder, uh, broke his hand. Uh, one of his bones in the wrist. Uh, he had first into first base uh, a couple days back. And uh, he's gone for the season. And, uh, you know, more than anything, it's his defense you're going to miss. I mean, obviously, his speed and his character is going to be important to any team. However, you know, my one boy thing I've been discussing with you, this day. team has a lot. This, exactly. But uh, more my than anything, the day. Kipnis is coming to the rescue for you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> listen, right now, I'm not going to criticize anyone. I am Why not going to criticize anyone. I am going to enjoy this. Um, but let's see what Kipnis can do because he can't be much worse than he was at second base. No. I tell you what. He's he's, he's an athlete. He He's can play. He's an outfielder. Well, well, here's the Arizona State. Remember, no, no, you got to remember. He was drafted as an outfielder. He's actually yep. started his career as an outfielder, and the Indians moved him to second base because that was the best path to the major leagues. And they do that in baseball. They'll move you to a position where they believe it will be your fastest opportunity to get to uh, the major leagues. And that's what happened with Kipnis. His his path was through second base. Now, with the emergence of Ramirez and the emergence of third base being kind of a platoon-type scenario with Ushela and Diaz and others, I mean, it's just like Chisenhall. Chisenhall's path to the major leagues was through third base. Mm-hmm. But he's now in the outfield. Yep. You know, and this happens all the time in baseball where they move you around. And uh, 
Matt, maybe you can talk about this in your career at YSU. Obviously, you played on the offensive line, but you've probably seen a lot of your teammates move to different positions because of opportunity to play. Right. Um, you get, you know, some – now, obviously, some guys do it better than others. Um, some guys are just stuck in that mindset of, you know, offensive line where they have issues moving. But I've had guys that I played with through the years that were asked to – for instance, move from guard to center or from uh, tackle to guard. And they were able to do it, and they did it well. Uh, so, you know, I believe, especially in a sport like baseball, uh, that you could have a guy, especially in the outfield, be able to move uh, and do just as well as comparing that to, say, like you just said, the offensive line in football. Yeah, this is a question. I think uh, one of the things you get with uh, – you know, I think we forget that those who are playing the game are truly athletes, and sometimes we pigeonhole them as in the position that they play versus the, the ability to adjust and to compete. And I think it's obviously throughout the years, I mean, yes, yeah, some players fit a mold. I mean, you may be a left tackle, and that's exactly what you're meant to be because you can handle the pressure from the outside. You can protect the quarterback's blind side and all that. And and, and there are players who are just meant to be a left tackle, but uh, I think the more vers versatile you have, the better off you are for playing time. And as you know, in college, you have graduation every year, and you have changes. And you may be asked to, like you said, move from – a tackle to a guard position or into the center position because, you know, there's a new weakness because of a graduation. Well, also, you know, things that you have to get used to sometimes in college is, you know, you, you a lot of times will have to switch different sides of, of the line of scrimmage. So left tackles will have to move to right with their guard for specific plays. And you have to be able to switch your brain over and, and kind of accept that. And if you can't, man, you're not going to be able to, to hold on to positions like that for long. Hey, and that's, I think that goes underrated because, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're used to lining up the left-hand side, you're, you uh, basically, most, I would imagine most players then would be in a three-point stance with their left hand. When you're on the right-hand side, you're in the three-point stance with the right hand down. And just the you know how to leverage and work it off, and and how the defensive player is facing you, it would be a big challenge. Uh, personally, for me, when I had to make the change, I left or right, I I'm right-handed. I was always in a, a right-handed position, right position. Okay. but I did have uh, people who just I don't know if maybe you know they're just that kind of brain that they can think that way. They switched hands when they moved. And, and if that made them play better, then so be it. But for me, I, I yeah, I, yeah, it would have been uh, odd for me to use my left hand. I can imagine. Yeah. Cause there's a lot, most people are dominant with one hand, left or right, whatever it may be. And there are those who can uh, adapt with their right hand or left hand, depending on the situation that's in front of them. That's just like in baseball, a hitter, you know, who might be a natural right-handed hitter but learns to bat from the left side to basically make him more versatile and have the opportunity to play more. When you place a right-handed pitcher, you want to bat left-handed and vice right. versa when you're left-handed. So I there's there's the 
correlation there in my mind for those players who were able to kind of think from both left and right side uh, positioning. I think that's incredible for, for those uh, batters that can hit from either side. That, in my opinion, is so far and above more talented than somebody knowing how to switch hands on the offensive line. It's not even in the same realm at all. That is just, man, that's something I couldn't even wrap my head around to try to do. Uh, it's, yeah, you can do it. I can do it. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking to a guy that didn't really play baseball, so <laughs> – I, it was I ugly to, in the batting. I used to freak out my friends years ago. I would play game. I play a game, and I was. I'm a left-hander. I'm. I'm naturally left-handed. But all of a sudden, switch to the right side, and they were like, "You can't do that." And all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. they're on Yeah. And my, I'll, I'll even kind of toot my own horn. I, in the last few weeks, I've picked up playing my guitars again. I haven't touched them in years, and uh, just because of time and. Sometimes you get frustrated. You put something down, and you let it go, and then you pick it back up. Yeah. And the reason I say guitars is because I actually try to play both left-handed and right-handed. Wow. I couldn't do wow. that. How did you do? <laughs> I do okay. I'm not, I'm naturally lefty, but my le- when you play guitar, your right hand is on the fretboard, okay, mm-hmm. and your left hand is the strumming. Well, for a right-hander, it's just the opposite, of course. Right. Your left hand is on – I'm naturally left-handed. So my left hand should be able to handle the needs of the fretboard just as easy because it's my dominant hand. And uh, a few years, just many years ago, I had a guy I worked for who was he played guitar and he was talking to me and guys telling him I was trying to learn this and that and I had a left-handed guitar. I had a right-handed guitar, strong left-handed at the time. <laughs> and he just, he couldn't accept that. He was a very, very rigid guy. He's like, no, he just, if you can bat both hands, why can't you play the guitar both hands? I'm like, okay. Okay. That's a thought. That was a thought. And I said, I'm going to give it a shot. And ever since then, I've been messing around with both hands and trying to get it going. And what's weird is I'll practice starting left-handed to learn it. And then when I go right hand, I actually can do it faster. Nice. It's it's weird. It's it's like I learn left-handed, but when I practice, when I do it for my for my right-handed side or my dominant left hand on the fretboard, I can learn it at more, just like what it took me 15 minutes to learn left-handed. I can now learn five minutes on the other side. Hmm. All right, my, so it's, it's, it's odd. Yeah. But you can, I, I know many people like that can use both hands. I'm not ambidextrous. I'm not going down that road. It's just the challenge that people, th- you know, some, some people love to try and I try to get my, equilibrium of my hands as best I can. You know, I, I can't throw my, my right hand, but. Have you I ever could, tried to write left hand, right handed? Not really. I've tried years ago when I broke my hand, but <laughs> I was, I was quickly told just give it up. <laughs> okay. Anthony, yeah. did, you play, did you play baseball? I played baseball from age five to 16, and then I coached for five more after that. Nice. What positions did you play? Uh, my best position was right field. I played shortstop as I got older. I can see you. Seconds. Yeah, I can see shortstop. Makes sense. I wasn't Omar Vizquel, let's just say. I was more <laughs> of a 
Um, you filled in the position, right? I wasn't man your mirror because I actually cared about defense. Um, <laughs> Johnny Patrol. Peralta. Oh, no, don't. Come on. <laughs> you to give me more credit than that. <laughs> hey, Canfield, those Canfield guys could play baseball. That's right. No, don't give them a uh, – I'm not going to say it. I'm on the air right now. I can't say it. <laughs> well, I'll say it. You, you were you – were, we, all, we all know you were a Canfield boy and an Ursuline guy's body, so – I was a, I was forced to go to Canfield local schools. I guess my own will. But deep down, <laughs> I bled green and gold, and everybody knew that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. This is my man. I'm a sport. <laughs> I was, I am born and raised in Bourbon, Ohio. I'm a Spartan man. Hey, they're can't help it. so well this year. I am. So you know proud. what? They are. I'm looking forward to our game with them. Hey, yeah. Bourbon Party. away from it. Well, you know, they have a big game this week against next. Steubenville. Yeah. Where it will be at? a great game on the road. It's at Steubenville. Well, they're down 14 nothing already because of the referees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that because – Many years ago, I used to go to a lot of the Bourbon games, and we would go down to the Steubenville often. A uh, bunch of us, about five or six of us, and some different people down there. Now that, oh. <laughs> yeah, but it, if you're familiar with that field, you're right on top of it. Right. There is like only four or five feet between the playing field and the stands. I mean, if you're a player, you're going to run right into the stands right away. You know, if you're on a sideline and. Uh, we watched this punt go out of bounds, right? And it was a deep kick. And it probably went out around, I would say, about the 22-yard line, right? And and it was now turning the ball over to Steubenville when the punt went out of bounds. And the guy who – the the referee walking up the, uh, the sideline, I mean, it went out of bounds. So it was pretty obvious where it went, okay? He comes running up with his hand, and he keeps coming forward. He goes past the 25. I'm sure. He goes past the 30. He goes past the 35 and stops at the 37. I'm like, how is that even possible? Because it's Steubenville. Yeah. <laughs> it's Steubenville. Exactly. Hey, uh, speaking of Steubenville, I, I just got word that uh, Malik Richmond is suing YSU. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Yes, I just what, got word. What? What's the thought process? I I don't know. I just got a text that said Richmond is in the process of you know we talked about we, you and I talked about that on yes, a previous podcast and let's talk about it a little bit more because it was I was at the point where I said look I understood what happened in this horrible scenario all the way through and if you believe in the law of a minor when they become an adult, they have an opportunity to prove themselves right and give themselves a second chance in society. What he, he is, what he was found guilty of, and what he did is atrocious, and I don't, you know, atrocious, and I cannot condone it in any words beyond. But look, if you don't, if you can't handle the situation where the university gives you an opportunity, then you don't deserve to play. Period. From according to WFMJ. A 29-page complaint filed in the U.S. District Court in Youngstown uh, to Judge Benita Pearson states that Richmond is filing a suit to get to have a spot on the football team 
that YSU denied him due process um, and violated a contract he had with the university uh, that were that promises were made to him. Um, it wasn't on scholarship. No. Uh, there is a temporary restraining order preventing YSU from keeping him off the active roster or keeping from playing games. Kid, you're not going to play this year. You're a walk-on. So they hand out water to Savon Smith and Justice Reed. Thank you very they much. Can't force him to, to be on the football field. I don't no, know. That's, that's a privilege. It's a privilege. Yeah. And it's, and a team, I tell you what, if I'm YSU, I tell him get gone. Hey, hey. I tell – if I'm YSU, I tell him to get hiking. I, I don't know what he's going to expect. I think uh, he's going to give – YSU's deep at his position. YSU is three deep with experienced guys. Two played in the playoffs last year, started the national championship games. Another kid came from Florida. What does he want? There's no guarantee he's going to make the team anyways. Yeah. I mean, they gave him the opportunity. Look – I'm not saying the kid doesn't have some talent. I'm sure he has. But there's well, no, the reason he's there's no guarantees in life that you deserve an opportunity. I, and the opportunity was given. The They gave him a chance to be yep. his way onto the squad long term. And if he chooses not to do it, that's his own choice. That's nobody else's. Get him out. Get him out. Yeah. Him out. I don't want this kid fracturing anything going on right now because I think we can have something special this year. Well, let, let's let's be honest. You know, one thing I was me and Mark did not touch it. Obviously, whenever it was brought, some gentleman called in and tried to bring it up yesterday, and and Mark just didn't want to touch it on that channel, and and understandably so. Yep. Um, you got Tim. You asked me, Anthony. You asked me what my opinion was. I told you he deserved another chance in life, but football's a privilege. I don't believe he belonged there. He caused more situations of taking away from what the real issue at hand is, and that's what you said, Anthony, getting back to the national championship. And the fact that he's doing this shows what a mistake it was to have him around that program because and now look what he's doing. And it's sick, too, when every one of those players and a lot of our stud defensive players who start came out and verbally supported him, verbally supported him. Now you're going to pull after almost, what, Tim, a month ago we had this, uh, yeah. this discussion, maybe more. We're preparing for game three. We are two weeks away from hosting a top three team in the country. Mm -hmm. And now you want to pull this stuff? Why not do this a month ago before? Before we even kicked off the pit game. Well, he obviously thinks that he is something amazing, boy. I'm telling you what. Uh, I mean, there are some complaints I have with our football team right now. Granted, it's only week two. But our our defensive front's not one of them. Yeah. I mean, you dominated the pit. And you ask anybody on the pit team that why is you dominated them. So what does this kid see? In Justice Reed, who helped save the game, I know Matt, you watched it and and talked about it off the air. How this kid saved our butt against Penn and forced overtime, and how last week he came out and had two or three sacks. What does Richmond see that he's like? 
I'm better than these kids. There's a reason, and I don't know the school's looking at him coming out of Steubenville, pre-rape and all that, but I don't remember why is you being on his radar. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm disgusted what you just told me. Matt, if you were if you were on this team right now, would you want him back tomorrow? No, never in a million years. No. No, you can't have a back. Look, get him uh, out. I had no problem giving him an olive branch to turn around his life mm-hmm. to as we mentioned, go to school and possibly earn a way onto this team and be a member of this of this, uh, of the YSU Penguins. But the truth of the matter is just, I don't care who you are. You, no one has a right to be on. It's a privilege to be on. And it's up to the coaching staff, the university, and the players, you know, within. There is no contract. The contract would be if, he had, if you had a scholarship in the exactly. And he wasn't preferred, was he? He wasn't preferred walk-on, was he? No, no. I don't believe so. so this kid, he- can, it, you know what? How about... I will go pack his bags for him wherever he's staying, <laughs> and I'll ship him out to Steubenville, and maybe Marshall can take him. Oh, there you go. That's a, he fit in right there. <laughs> those Steubenville people and and those people there, they they're one and the same, in my opinion. <laughs> I will help pack his bags and send him to Marshall or send him to wherever because we don't need this crap on our football team when we're trying to get back to the top. Yeah, that, and I don't need anybody on this team that's not trusting the process. Because right now we got a good thing going. Let's not screw it up. Well, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. I, I honestly don't think this is going to matter to the team. I, I think, hope not. You know, but it matters to me, and I'm fired up. Coach, believe me. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me. I know you're fired up. Slow down. Let's go. Know you're fired up. Settle down. <laughs> Coach Pellini has control of his locker room. That's what I tell him to get going. Coach, his players, and Coach Pellini knows where he wants his team to get to. And obviously the Missouri Valley Conference is number one and every game that you face the most important game of the year. And I honestly believe that's the case. Now, is this a distraction? It can be, but I honestly don't think it matters in the long term because when you decide to make a move like this, you're basically telling everybody this is your your Hail Mary throw for your football career. And it's not going to be completed. I'm not even sure it's the pass is going to get in the air. Being quite honest with you. And quite honest with you, it wouldn't shock me if this gets thrown out of court, even before it, you know, they can they can you. file all the suits they want, have a legal binding reason for it. And I'm not sure, and I'm no lawyer, but from what I'm reading and what you're telling me, I don't see how you can say there's any type of contract, even a verbal contract. I just don't see it. And you can give a person an opportunity and you can lay it out. And if they choose not to go for it or to choose to abide by the, the ruling of the university, then it's over well, in your own will. So, I mean, even you can a, all you want. I just don't think there's a standing on this. Even somebody that gets a full scholarship is not guaranteed to start. Yep. They have to win their position. They have to win that starting position. You could go your whole career out of school and never start, even if you're a yeah. full scholarship player. It has happened more than off, more often yeah. than not. Yeah, yeah. Where players have, uh, you know, let's face it, there's either someone who overtakes them on the depth charts or someone else comes in 
with more talent and takes it over. I mean, that happens all the time. That's I not nothing that unusual trouble. in football. I mean, it happens all the What a damn shame. We shouldn't even be talking about nope. it. Nope. Let's move on. I, we are going to move on. It, when I heard it, I said to my wife, I said, this will bring nothing but trouble right. for this situation. Yep. And, and look what it's done. What good has it done to bring this kid to that school? Nothing. Nothing. Yep. Ugh, man. Hey, anyways, we're two and one, and we're playing a beat up Central Connecticut State team this week with four yeah. guys suspended for bringing guns on campus. Oh, lovely. Well, yeah. they got smacked by Syracuse week one. And uh, let's see. They lost last week to Fordham by seven, I think. Or... Yeah, they played Fordham, and then they got us this week. And, and quite honestly, after our showing last week, uh, I would assume what Coach Polini gave them this week, I, I would not want to be uh, <laughs> Central Connecticut. I really would. I tell you what, I want to see us. I want to see us run the ball 60 or 70 times down their throat. Run it 60 or 70 times down their throat, establish a physical presence, and put the conference on those, especially South Dakota State. You better bring your damn lunch back. All right, we're going to run the ball down your throat. Run it, run it, run it. What's the status of Wells? Wells is doubtful this week. Um, I, I I don't believe he'll even see. I'd be shocked if he dressed. Um, right. If uh, from what I could tell last week, I think Bo's going to go with Ricky Davis as the backup. Uh, Mays will get the start and he'll probably play the whole game. Um, but I don't think he wants to play Craycroft or the other kid um, unless it gets absolutely necessary. I th- Hunter was in a sling last week. Uh, according to Bo in his press conference yesterday, he's doubtful for this week. Uh, with a team that you should beat, I don't want to say anything as a given, but a team you should beat. Uh, so last week you didn't play, really. This week you didn't play. That's two and a half weeks, really, uh, that you can get healed up. Bo said it's a minor separated shoulder. Right. Um, and starting September 30th, you got South Dakota State at South Dakota, who just put a whooping on Bowling Green. You're home to North Dakota State. You're at Northern Iowa. I So you have to make sure – Hunter is a hundred percent. There's and no got, reason to play him. None no. whatsoever. And you know what? I'll say this too. There's no reason we throw the ball more than seven times this game. Run it down their throat. You run the ball down their throat. I don't want to see any zone reads or stretch reads to the outside. I I watched the Gary Kubiak offense long enough. It doesn't work. Run it down <laughs> their throat. Run it behind Harankowitz's big butt. And run it 65 times a game in a game that Matt loved. And let's send us all home by 4 o'clock so we can catch the Buckeyes or whoever else comes on. I think they're aimed for the 3.30 also. I agree. And, you know, no, I totally agree. And I think that will be the game plan. There's no reason I to. I hope so. Vanilla, well, think, vanilla, vanilla. I think you can. I think you have to prepare – your team properly for it. And I have nothing against like you're saying being run dominated. And I think it's important, but I also believe that uh, your second string quarterback in the game, it's an opportunity to test him and to try to develop his passing skills. 
I'm not saying throw 30 times. I'm saying that. pick pick and choose your spots and get him going because let's face it, as we've seen last year and as we're seeing this year, and you see most years That's now, right you're up. gonna need more than one quarterback most of the season. And you need a guy who can run the offense, not just run the ball, but you can't also, you know, throw the ball effectively. And uh, read defenses, and that, that's a skill helped still with him. Would you play Ricky Davis week at quarterback? Well, I wouldn't I run it with him, but yeah, you got to you got to you got to play him. Right? The Empire's not ready, I, I, man. I know you could probably speak more than Tim or I could, but when you got a separated shoulder on your throwing shoulder, I believe it's Hunter's throwing shoulder. Uh, it's uh, can you really expect him to be healthy by the thirtieth? By South Dakota, yeah. Uh, I, I'm. I mean, I, I think that. I know we got good I, I'm a. You know, if it's a minor separation, I would think with with almost two weeks off, hopefully he could be ready. If for some reason he goes out of that game, all I have to oh, say God. is this: um, it is not hopeful. But he, the kid last week, did put the ball in eight different people's hands That's so a good point. that was actually a positive in 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 his defense and he had a couple drops too right so yeah. i thought considering uh yes this, it was robert morris uh yes south dakota is a completely different monster um let's let's go there if we have to hopefully hunter will be fine hey let's focus on one game at a time let's get to two and one and I want to point something out. I I know last week Ohio State and Notre Dame didn't kick off till late. The crowd was announced at thirteen thousand nine hundred. I thought that was a tremendous crowd. I really did. I was impressed with the turnout. I know it's not the sixteen or eighteen thousand you want, but I mean at the end of the day, a lot of people in this valley have odd schedules and they don't work Monday through Friday. A lot of people who wanted to go to the game can't because of work or other obligations. Number two, it's $40 just to get in the gate. $20 for a ticket and now $20 to park. Who's going to go in this area that – and it's Robert Morris. Yeah, it's Robert Morris. Thank you. Exactly. And, and, it, real and quick, nothing against you- them, but for a local media member to call out our fan base here – and say we're embarrassing is quite perturbing to me because there's a lot of good fans. I know, Matt, you can speak about this, and Tim, you can speak about it also. But the fans that showed up to Huntington and Droves and the fans that I – and I know you remember them at the airport late in the morning after you guys lost that championship game were still there. They were there. See? Yeah, supporting us. And let me tell you something, what I was impressed about watching on TV last week. That student section was impressive. Amen to that. I said to my wife, I said, look at that student section. I haven't seen that student section in years like that. 20 years. Uh, Yeah, that was awesome. I agree. Let me tell you, uh, real quick on uh, Robert Morris, Anthony, and I want to hear your thought on that. Mm-hmm. Robert Morris has North Dakota State next week. So talk about a hard schedule for a D2. Hey, I, I tell you what. You got to give him credit for playing anybody and everybody. You know, Dayton's not a pushover, and that was a big win. I caught some of that film. Um, 
us, you know, we beat them up last year uh, with with our backup quarterback. Um, and then to go play at North Dakota State, I mean. Oh, that's going to be ugly. I don't want to seem negative towards them, but if you can be within 50, I, I mean. I, Let's you can just wait and see because. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how bad it's going to be. score. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, let's put it this way. Um, Robert Morris is a partial scholarship moving their way towards a full scholarship, one double A school. And they'll be good when they get full And, and I think they're right. getting better. Look, yes. it's just a matter well, – it's, it's a building program, and that's what you want. And yeah. you give them credit for what they are achieving yep. and play. That's how you win in this sport. I give them credit. Have play, you have to play teams that challenge you. If you play nothing but the uh, – poor sisters of Mary, then you're never, ever going to get better. Right. You have to challenge yourself in your program. And I think Robert Morris is in the process of doing that. And look, it, it, as for what you were talking about earlier, Anthony, about the local media who rats you know raves who about attendance. About Let me put it this way. I don't. I've said it a million times. Say he's opposite of Mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, enough said. Uh, you know what, Noon to three. Me. What? Look, look, Ron Ron lives in the past, and Ron I like Ron. Ron's there a nice you guy. Go. But, you know, here's just, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. What does it matter to me? It's my podcast. Hey. <laughs> it's my podcast. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It means nothing to me. But here, here's the thing. Look, I don't want to give more plub than necessary. No, don't give here's, it anymore. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to attendance. Talks a big game about it, but how many games is he at and paying for? When yeah, you're a media member, you don't pay for it. You you don't pay for it. You just go and cover it. And right. I don't care if you're covering the Indians, if you're covering the, the Penguins, or if you're covering whoever. Uh, you can say, "Oh, that's disgusting. That's terrible," and all that. You're you're blowing your own horn. Maybe why you need the big right? Because look, if you go back to the days, I'm not saying you they didn't sell out the Ice Castle in the past, and they did for very big games. 90s. And I've seen the crowds at 8,000. I've seen oh, yeah. the crowds at 9,000. And I've seen the crowds at 15,000 when they had just one side, you know, mm-hmm. before the other side was built. So right. Remember, Ohio State just, sunk then, too. Yeah, but my point is, is crowds come and go. It all depends on the product on the field and the opportunity to see that team and how it fits in a personal schedule. It was Robert Morris. Yep. It was Robert Morris. Exactly. Now, if that is a conference game, I'll take 13,000 every week. Yeah. I think 13,000 is a great, a great number. I hope hope it's that. I do. I do too. It should be for South Dakota. I mean, my God, by then, I would hope – we're still five or maybe four and South Dakota, you know, pending on what happens this week with them, they might be even higher than they are, lower than they are, whatever you want to say, higher, lower. On the 30th, uh, Ohio State plays Mighty Rutgers. Oh, my God. So I'm hoping that game is a noon game or 3.30. Our game is at 7.00. There is no – I don't want to hear the excuse anymore Well, the Buckeyes are on. Because mm-hmm. after last week when I heard, I'm not sure the Buckeyes are very watchable. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? You I got a I, local team that has a chance to win the national championship, and and I am and I'm sick and tired of every time I hear, "No, I can't go this week. The Buckeyes are on." For God's sakes, TiVo or bring a radio. Yeah. Or watch it on your phone. But for heaven's sake, you're playing Rutgers that week. That there is no excuse not to be at a top five game. I agree. No excuse. Look, I think you're right. And let's be honest. 13,000 at least. It'll probably happen, Anthony. I can't imagine it not. But here's the thing. Well, anything's possible. One thing I've known is is almost a true fact every year in sports. A year after a championship run and a championship run that YSU had last year that went to the, you know, championship game and came up just short. You usually see a bounce the next year in attendance. A place to be seen, a place to party, and people want to be there. And it will happen. I do believe that the the, the Penguins' attendance will be quite well. I'm not worried about. It. I don't think we're going to see the days of the three to five thousand people there no more. No, I that we've seen either. you know ten years. And if you're telling me if they can get thirteen thousand and eighteen thousand seat stadium, then I'm pretty happy. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that's pretty darn good. And we'll go from there. Look, new challenge, and every week who you play matters. I think when you get into the conference games, they're going to see a, a, a bounce in attendance, and, and it all depends on where YSUs is at that point. Let's face it. If, God forbid, but if they happen to have a, a game like Ohio State had against Oklahoma, you know, it's going to hurt attendance. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's just the way it is. I mean, the Buckeyes uh, completely failed in that game, and it was on national TV. And it was at home, and it was what it is. What it is. Baker Mayfield and, just scored again, by the way. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he planted my. He planted a flag too in the middle of the. When nobody was. Something. I tell you what. Let me tell you this. Let me, let me talk. No, 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 no. You, you're <laughs> He's fired up, up today. Time to shut up. Let me talk about this. And <laughs> a flag anywhere they want when the other teams in the locker room. Yep. Let me tell you, that means absolutely nothing. I know ESPN had a lot of fun with that, and I know it made a big deal out of nothing. But you do that in front of the other players, and you see what happens. Never would have happened. I don't care what school you play. If if South Dakota tried to do that in YSU, and YSU was on the field, that would never happen. Never. If the, the Buckeyes were on the field, that would never happen. It only happened after it was well, dumb. if you watched him running around the stadium, it's one thing white waving it in front of his fans, but he when he was running around, you can actually see him looking to see if they were on the field, and then he ran on the field and did it. So I I tweeted to him. I tweeted. I I put it on Ohio State. I put it. I think I put it on twelve forty. I tweeted like thirteen times now. Three, four times that night. I was pissed. I got home from uh, doing color for that OFL championship game with Jim Craven. Thank God I wasn't home for Notre Dame and Ohio State. Oh, because don't bring up. Oh, God. Oh, man. So I got. <laughs> I hey, the Bengals won 30 to nothing, guys. <laughs> That's the best part of the weekend, for Christ's sake. Now, hey. I know Matt will disagree with me because the Steelers won. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the Browns were more watchable than Ohio State. When's the they last were. time you said that? 
95? It's been 95. They weren't even a team, unfortunately. See? <laughs> they were more watchable then. <laughs> hey. Uh, you're, uh, I'll tell you, you what. That down one, to your, you play down sometimes to your, your opponent. I think it was a little bit of a hangover from Pitt. They played up for them. They had Robert Morris. They played down. I, I really believe that they are going to play well against this team this week, and I think that they will be on, be ready for, for South Dakota. I hope they are because if they play like they did against Robert Morris, they will get embarrassed here, worse here, here, here. than Ohio State. I'm going to put something out here. The first person to tweet me, ACAP17, all right? I will buy you a ticket to the September 30th South Dakota State game. That's how bad I want butts in the seats. Nice. Deal? He has laid down. (laughs) So go ahead. Here's what to do. Here's how you do it. Yep. You just tweet. Now listen, this is how how you must do it. This way, you must tweet at ACAP17. Mm-hmm. And ask and say, I want the ticket for the game with South Dakota, correct? South Dakota State, September 30th. Yep. You must write all that, September 30th, South Dakota State, YSU, and hashtag it Radio NBP. Or, if it doesn't or, have the hashtag, it and, doesn't count. Or if you don't have Twitter, the first person to write a review on iTunes, I'll do it also. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of which, that give me a chance to make the little plug here. If you download our podcast through iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps everybody find our podcast. It moves up in ratings, and it's very important. So I would appreciate anybody out there who listens to this podcast to rate, subscribe, and review our podcast. And that gives me a chance to talk about our podcast here for a second, Anthony. And we're going to get into the NFL right after this. But I wanted I wanted to I wanted to pass on some numbers I had. Uh, besides your twenty five day absence, <laughs> I have this is the last thirty days. These are the countries that have downloaded. Are you ready? Yes. Obviously, the United States, Canada, Russia, Japan, Great Britain, France, Nicaragua, and Malta. How about that? Wow, our Canada. Time. And by the way, our top three countries that download our podcast, obviously the United States, Canada, and Japan. Well, how about that? That's awesome. Our our, our thanks to everybody out there. And if you're at one of those places. You're red and white all the way in Japan. But, you know, the one that that caught me off, totally off guard when I checked the stats before we did this. Well, Malta, Malta's not bad. I like Malta. I, I, I wish I could go to Malta. But uh, more than yeah, anything, it's, he's getting excited. In the Meridian, or Mediterranean, excuse me. But the one that really threw me off, Anthony, is we got a download from St. Petersburg, Russia. That's cool. They must now, like. I don't know. Dosvidanya. <laughs> well, I don't know any Russian. So I don't either. If the. If they don't know English, I still appreciate their download. And they can rate, review, and subscribe through iTunes. Let me just search Radio MVP. Since since you guys are throwing plugs, 
I would like some more people on Twitter. So at yep, yep. EMP7172 on Twitter. So uh, I could use some more guys and, and I'd appreciate it. That's e, at EMP7172. All right, ACAP 17. And we're gonna get all to that. And just for the heck of it, those who don't know me, I uh, imagine you do already. I've been around so damn long, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) At Tim Continenza is my handle on Twitter. You can same thing on Instagram if you choose. You're not going to see many pictures of me, but uh, uh, you can also follow the podcast at at uh, Radio MVP Pod on. On Twitter too. So there's the 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 uh, the social plugs. And of course, please don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Radio MVP. Uh, just search that, and you'll find us and uh, like. And again, on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. It would be very great uh, if we can get some of that going in the next week. So yes, if you rate it and subscribe, and also give us a review, Anthony will buy you a ticket. I'll tell you what. I'll even double it up, Anthony. Oh, we'll do we'll do this. We'll do this. The first one who who does a review gets a ticket, and the first one who tweets you with the hashtag Radio MVP. Yeah, there we go. All right, I'll buy that. I'll well, buy that second ticket. There so we now go. We're gonna tra- we got two tickets available, guys. Two tickets at at midfield at the best stadium in college football. The Ice Castle. That's Can't right. That's right. Tough place to play in the winter, especially. That's right. Just Ball. ask Whopper how they enjoyed their visit. Yeah, baby. All right. <laughs> That's right. Now, now, now to the important part of the NFL. We're going to switch. We're going to make a make a pivot here. And uh, 25 days ago, Anthony and I were talking about <laughs> one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL history in Brock Osweiler who was a member of the Cleveland Browns 25 days ago, but that is not the case anymore. He is back home in Denver, and my man Anthony cannot be happier. Oh, he looked great holding that clipboard. He looked really good. I thought he took really good notes, by the way. I thought his handwriting was pretty good this time. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Well, let me let me, uh, let me me eat some crow, as uh, Anthony would say. Uh, I went into the whole preseason with the emphasis that saying the Browns face the Steelers, Baltimore, Indianapolis, and uh, Cincinnati the first four weeks of the season. And you looked at the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation, and I said, all right, they have one talented quarterback in Kaiser, and the the other three or four there, God have mercy. And I said, bottom line is if you're going to be in this scenario, start Osweiler. Let him get beat up. Don't break the new kid. You need the new kid for long term. And uh, what this coach Hugh does, he recognizes that he really has no choice. He has to start the rookie. And you know what? The rookie played good against Pittsburgh. Going to give him credit. I agree. He had a touchdown pass. He scored. He ran the ball well. He made. He threw one interception. Yeah, it was a it was an, an exceptional interception, by the way, defensively. And uh, but that's uh, encouraging. I mean, again. It's a loss. It goes into L column as a Browns fan. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> bottom line is they, 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 they lost, you know, but the truth of the matter is 
there was a little encouragement on the Brown side uh, of a fan because you've seen him play a defense very well. Uh, and I thought, and more than anything, the thing that hurt them the most is they didn't have a run game. Well, they stopped the run pretty well that game. I was impressed with their their run defense. Yeah, I was too. I thought the Browns' defense in generally played pretty well. Obviously, special teams need some work. When they uh, they blocked the punt in the first uh, what minute of the ball game, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. Here we go again. Here's, here we go again. It's not, you know, it's just like it's like that nightmare that reoccurs. You know, you see this, you see these flashes, and like, how does this happen every year, <laughs> where they just absolutely get blown out right away? And he came back. They tied the game up at seven. They uh, played well. I thought, you know, Hugh Jackson made a couple. Critical errors uh, late in the ball game. Uh, as a head coach, I, I don't know how you can use two timeouts on one play. That is absolutely insanity. Just yeah, it's, it's it comes down to that. I mean, we talked about time management and and understanding you know what you're up against. And you know, look, I have no problem with him saying throwing the red flag out there after that catch and saying, well, okay, this is my one chance. And I'm going to take it now because I may just keep it in my pocket. It's only two minutes left in the game. But you don't call a timeout first. I think you ask for a challenge. You right. can. The only chance you have is to throw that flag after the play and see what happens. Or keep the flag in your damn pocket and you still have three timeouts because you got the two-minute warning plus two timeouts. And you might get the ball back. I mean, he, he tried – you know, he tried. He said he'd do the it, same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't buy it. I just think it's bad time management. And yeah, if you're going to work in the NFL, you have to understand to understand theory and questions and what happens. Because if you don't know how to how to manage the clock late in the ball game, then I don't care who you are, you're not going to win as many games as you can. Right. I agree. I, I was, uh, as a Steeler fan, impressed with what I saw out of Cleveland. Um, I thought, you know, that there are a lot of things that they're going to be able to build upon confidence-wise within the team. I think that Cleveland fans are going to see uh, substantially more wins than next than last year. Obviously, I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs. Crazier things have happened. Uh, but I think that they showed a lot of improvement. Um, I, I I wish them the best, aside from game one, obviously, in the last game of the regular season. Other than that, I, I think you guys will do better. Um, I think my team actually had a lot of questions after that game. Uh, I was very unhappy with our offense. So um, Well, you know what? You know, let, me, let me ask you this, Matt, and this is something I – Really, I think is a glaring thing that the Steelers have to face is that quarterback. And and I love Ben. I think Ben as a quarterback is one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFL. However, when he's on the road, he's a different quarterback. He is not the same as he is in yep. Pittsburgh. And, you know, in Cleveland, yeah, he, he you know, you're playing a team that only won one game last year and you should win and they did win. But I would not say when you grade that game out that you would give Roethlisberger more than a C. I mean, I think he played. He was not good. He was not that good. And 
that got to be a concern because there's still seven more games on the road, and you can't go one and seven or two and five on the road in the NFL and expect to really be a playoff team. Right, and I'm going to tell you what, real quick, I was very impressed with the the fans at Cleveland's uh, home game. I they were loud and raucous, and that place was was shaking left and right. So man, they packed it, and I know it was Pittsburgh, but if if those fans can do that this year for them, that team's also that bodes well for them. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, which you said, Tim, you hit the nail right on the right on the head, man. If, if he doesn't start to play better in, in away games, you know, everybody was talking preseason about us being one of the favorites uh, to go to the Super Bowl this year. There's no way if he doesn't improve his play. So um, a lot of work left to do. Here's the question, and you know about the running game. Bell had, you know, obviously did not show up for the entire training camp. And I think that was shown in that first game. Without a you doubt. Seen, you've seen the rust. You, I mean, I don't care who you are. Uh, other than Kenny Stabler, who probably could get away with it back in the day of missing just about the entire training camp, show up and throw for 300 yards back in the day uh, late in his career. But not many players can through a total training camp and then be affected in the first game. Matter of fact, it wouldn't shock me if it's not till week three or four that you actually see Le'Veon Bell play at the level everyone expects him to play. Right. Uh, and what is, what is not, what he's capable of playing. Well, his teammates aren't used to having him there as well. So you have that, that inner squad connection that is so important in football. I mean, you guys have to be used to each other. It has to run like a well-oiled machine. Like I always compared it to like the engine of a, of a car. And if one of those pieces is not doing well or not practiced, then it's going to throw everything off. And as big as he is as a part of that offense with the way that not only he runs, but how big he is in the passing game. Uh, yeah, it's going to throw everything off. And, and it looked it, the rust was was shedding off of him, boy. So he better uh, start practicing big time to catch up. <laughs> I think that was obvious. You know, I think that was one of the big things I took away from the Steelers game is a Ben on the road is just not good, and B Levy on Bell rust on him. And then, you know, um, I got to get your opinion here, Matt, real quick. Uh, being a Steelers fan, and you don't see this too often, but the uh, the Browns and the Steelers made a trade this week. That, that week of the game, and uh, Coates became a Cleveland Brown, and uh, prizes they were willing to deal him with not just to the Browns, but just to get rid of him in general because he has that big play potential almost every time he touches the ball. Uh, I was shocked. Um, Pittsburgh has over the years shown that they're not afraid to get rid of guys, guys that you would never expect them to get, to get rid of. Um, they're always about what's best for the team. I do not really see how that was best for the team. So I don't know if maybe there was more going on that we don't know about. I agree with you. He was a big threat. He helped take uh, double teams sometimes away from Brown. Um, I thought he was a compliment. So uh, for him to get traded like that and to – uh, uh, you know, a, a a North team uh, to boot was was a shock to me, and I wasn't very happy about it. 
I was, I was, I was actually thrilled. I was like, I can't believe they actually got something of a. I mean, the Browns needed to make a move uh, for a somewhat of a veteran wide receiver. I mean, you look at that wide receiving corpse. I mean, Kenny Britt was the only one with real experience, and I, you know, there's just there was not a lot of players that could go deep on that team. And I thought, you know, minus. You know what they had; they had to make a move, and uh, I was, I was, I thought it happened the week before, and it happened, you know, the week of the first game, and I'm, I'm actually, you know, thought he might see some playing time. I was kind of surprised he didn't. I figured they'd just have a few plays in the game for him, just because he was playing against his former team, and an opportunity just to, uh, you know, be part of the uh, program for the uh, for the Browns. But that wasn't the case. Uh, I'm not sure what the decision went into that, but. I'm, I'm curious to see how uh, Hugh Jackson integrates him into the offense here uh, this week and in the future weeks because I think he's going to have an opportunity to play contributor for the Browns with uh, Kaiser. And he's going to be hungry, in my opinion. I think it hurt getting let go by them. I don't think he was expecting it. Um, so uh, I think uh, other teams better watch out. I think, you know, it's going to rejuvenate him. He's going to play with a chip on his shoulder because I'm going to tell you what, I would. And uh, I think, you know, Pittsburgh better watch out when they play them last game of the year because he's definitely going to want to get back at them for that. And and best way to do it is by scoring touchdowns and making big catches. There's no question. I think it's going to be big now. Let's talk to Brock Osweiler's biggest fan of the Denver Broncos. Talk about your 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 ponies and what what did you see out of them? Well, I thought the first three quarters went a lot better than I anticipated. I felt I, I don't want to ever say you feel really good about a a game against any AFC West team because you look at the pass rushers in our division on after the each team has not just two good ones but three or four guys that just keep coming and coming and coming, but. I thought once again, my guy Simeon played really well. He did, I thought actually. Trevor Simeon looked really good. I thought the offensive line, it had its struggles after we, we lost uh, Ron O'Leary. Um, it, it, it's never easy playing the Chargers. It's just that one team that it's it's always ugly to beat. Um, so you kind of expected it to be close, but – up 24 to 7 with 10 minutes to go in the game. And I felt pretty dang good with us having the ball at midfield. But as you know, we made plays that, you know, it's, it's just not winning plays. It's just stupid mistakes. Third and three, um, I would have ran the ball. If you run it and you don't get, you don't get the first down, you back them up. Philip Rivers had shown. The whole game, he's not driving 80 yards against NU. He, he is not driving 80 yards. And if he does, you're going to chew three or four minutes off the clock. You know, so, but you, you can't fault him to put the game away early. You know, you can't fault him for wanting to ride the hot hand in Trevor Simeon. Uh, Jamal Charles, I used to love when he fumbled in the fourth quarter. Now it's God <laughs> Almighty, but you know what? A win in the division. Hey, it's what matters. In the NFL you know? is really tough. You didn't expect the game to be a blowout. Um, let me 
Let me Go get into that for a second, guys. I mean, we both uh, – I mean, obviously, you being the Bronco fan, Matt being the Steeler fan, my, myself being the Browns fan. What's your thoughts about the opening season in division? Do you like it or you don't I like don't it? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I would rather see I don't like it. game two, three, or four versus game one because game one to me is a game where, you know, you're still working as a team to find out your identity and like what it. you want to be. They're um, so important. I, I, I think – that it was too soon. I know they're trying to get a little excitement at the beginning of the, of the year, uh, but I'm not a big fan of it. You know, this was like the fifth time the Browns and the Steelers have opened up the season against each other since the Browns came back in 99. I mean, I just, I, I understand, like you said, the, the rivalry and try to get a little X, but I don't think you need to spice that up. I think divisional games lie on their own. Right. And I personally rather see maybe like, Let's just hypothetically say Kansas City or Denver or whoever, you know, even a a uh, interconference game yep. where you're playing maybe Dallas or another you know team from from the uh, from the NFC versus the AFC game to start the season versus uh, a game within your own division because let's face it, there's going to be eight games in your division, you know, and you're, you, you, every game matters, and I'd rather see the highest quality game versus necessarily the the, the rivalry kicked off in week one. I'd rather see four where both teams have had a chance to really grind to get into their season and know what's at stake. Well, here's – you know, a couple of years ago in our Super Bowl year, we opened against Baltimore, which is nice. That's two good teams and a 4 o'clock window. You're the national game. And then on a Thursday, we played at Kansas City. Now, how dumb is that? Yeah. I think Well, it's Thursday games. Stupid to begin with, to even put it, you know, the the divisional games are so physical. And I'm sure Matt can attest to this, that your body felt different after playing Northern Iowa or Illinois State than it did, say, Slippery Rock or Kent State. Oh, yeah. Uh, although there you know, was some, some big hatred for Kent and Akron, though, I must say. We uh, still hate them. My, yeah. my hatred for Akron will be lifelong. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I agree with you, Anthony. I do. I, I just think, you know, I can understand from a Broncos standpoint, the old Chargers coach, Mike McCoy, comes back to Denver to be the OC. Um, you know, I would have liked to, you know, if you're going to do that, because listen, uh, I love my Broncos, and I'll watch them any time, any, any channel. But to have a game on at 1030 at night, that's just ridiculous. I mean, oh yeah. if you're going to do no. that, do that on Sunday night. Do that on Sunday night and have a, every 4 o'clock game start at 4.05 and then start the 6 o'clock game and then at 9.30 you start the next game. But this 10.30 crap. Yeah, well, ESPN know. has that contract. It gives them that extra game, and they're going to do it all the time, unfortunately. I tell you what, it's a. I would stunt like to see his play Dallas to open up, but it's it's a stunt you know. for ESPN uh, to have that extra game, and they've uh, always used it to promote some of their own uh, personalities. Uh, I will uh, say Mike that. and Mike, Mike and Mike used to do the game at one time, and a few other people over the years. And and I'll be honest, I'm glad that Beth Moen had the opportunity. I was to just about to comment again. on that. I thought and, she did a fantastic I, job. Well, she is. She's a she's a pro. Yep. I've listened she to her is. do many games. Yep. 
She's a pro. Now, I will say this, though. I wish they would have paired him up with a pro. You don't give – if you're going to put her out in front and give her this opportunity to be on NFL Monday Night Football and to be the really the predominant woman in sports play-by-play, Rex Ryan, who absolutely knows nothing about broadcasting. Not, he you know, did better than a, I thought. He's a coach, and yep. I get it. And he's a terrible coach too. But that's the the bottom line is, I mean, if you if you want to if you have a quarterback and you want your quarterback to go die, <laughs> you know that's the way I look at it. Rex Ryan is, and but you know what, Rex Ryan is not his dad. I mean, yeah, he has no. personality like him and that, but he's not he's not Buddy Ryan. No, he didn't turn he in front of a camera. And my opinion is, you know, get. Give her some. It would have been more interesting to see her team up with Ron Jaworski. No, well, Ron Jaworski, fine, but I rather actually seen her work with with Coach Gruden. Yep, I was just who's done that. that Monday Night Football. I was and just then gonna put, say that. Put, put put Jaws back on Monday Night with with you know Mike McDonough, Trigo, yeah. Yep. yeah, McDonough, excuse me, and uh, and and that and that that would have been a lot better, much more entertaining ball game to listen to. I have nothing. I mean, obviously, you got to describe the game, but as a broadcaster myself, when I seen that, I said, "That's just you're, you're setting her up not to be at her best." It would have been much better if she could have had Gruden with her on her to work with, and then, like you said, bring Jaws in to work. Yeah. You know, the first game. I think it would have been a much, much more interesting broadcast of the of the football game. Agreed. I thought Rex Ryan did okay though for not being a broadcaster per se. He wasn't great, but he was okay. And maybe he was okay because we're one and oh, and it sounded good to me. He's but, okay. I, you know what? I thought he was better at that than he was at a coach. <laughs> I agree with that. I'll say that. I agree with that. You know, uh, that's where all coaches go to die in a broadcast booth. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, hey but guys, we got to put on, though. It's always good hey, to be one and oh. Never- it never hurts. Hey, we got a high school football game this Friday night uh, on Z104, and you can listen to that across the world on the iHeart Radio app. All you have to do is search WWIZ when you're on the app, and it will take you right to that. You'll see Z104 banner. Just click on it, and we'll have the game for you on the Internet. And as we have uh, Brookville 1-2 and two versus Liberty, Brookfield hosting Liberty tonight. Both of them come one and two. But, Matt, I tell you what, this is a game I'm really looking forward to more than I thought at the beginning of the week because we get to see one maybe Boy, the more dynamic players. Yeah. We're going to see one of the more dynamic players in uh, Trouble County here this week. And, um, and Dre Rustin, I mean, last week he, was, he had his hands on five different touchdowns. He ran a punt back for a touchdown. He threw two touchdowns. And he ran for two touchdowns. So, in and, and, uh, Liberty's uh, win last week. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing this kid play. You know what? I, even though they're not doing so well at the moment, you got to at least give them credit for scheduling schools that are, are for them right now, kind of on the tough side. So, um, yeah, they're, they're not playing well, but you never know how their season could swing. We're, you know, we've only played a few games so far. Um, and you know, I, I'd like to see how they do tomorrow night. Uh, obviously we don't, I don't know a lot about Brookfield. 
uh, we'll be able to get to judge them. But uh, I am I am interested to see see the young man and and see how Liberty uh, does and and if they can respond and when when game number two. Yeah, you look at uh, the Leopards coming into tonight's uh, game. They opened up against Struthers, who's three and zero on the season. They lost that one forty-one to eight. Then the second week they played Lakeview, the one uh, team we got to see in the first week. They're two and one on the season, and that was a you know a, a respectable game. Uh, the final score was thirty to twenty. And then they took on uh, Pine Tuney Valley last week. There I talked about Rushton's uh, five touchdowns and a forty-eight to six win. Uh, one of the uh, I was talking to Mark uh, a little earlier tonight, and we were talking that he was talking to someone who follows the Leopards and Liberty, and he was basically saying he thinks that was a turning point for them, and they have an opportunity to roll off maybe five or six wins in a row because how their schedule now lines up. They said he thought they had their two toughest games to start the season. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, react coming off a big win and uh, you know, and how they react coming on the road. But I'm really, like I said, I think this Drew Rushton is going to be a uh, a player to uh, watch this week and uh, and see how he uh, performs. They've had some uh, electric players over the years. Now uh, they lost the one uh, uh, I forget what his name was to um, Harding a few years Bowden. ago. But yeah, Bowden. I'll, I'll never forget when uh, Bowden was a freshman. He played Ursuline in the playoffs. And Anthony, I don't know if you were at that game, but he had a a kickoff in that game that got called back. But it was like one of the most incredible kickoff returns I've ever seen. And, um, you know, they just seem to every once in a now and again get, you know, an electric player. I mean, you you know, they're a Youngstown team. You get a lot of Yeah. So you got a lot of good kids in the areas. They don't all go to Ursulines and Moonies and and all like that. So they're gonna end up at other schools and that's why you're seeing Struthers and and other schools that are getting really good athletes. So I agree with you, Tim. I, I've heard a lot of good things about him and, and I'm excited to see him perform. You know, and Brookfield coming into this game is also one and two. They opened a season against McDonald, who we seen last week, and we know how very good they are. Uh, they're two and one on the season. They lost that game 20, 27 to fourteen. They won their second game of the of the year against Springfield, who's now one and two on the season, twenty three fourteen. Week they played uh, Cuyahoga Heights and lost uh, twenty nine to six. So a little over the over the map on that when you look at the scores, but. We know uh, McDonald's a very, very uh, well-coached team and, and a team that, you know, they could run the ball almost on any given down and uh, mixes it up well. So I, I think, you know, you know, the Warriors coming in tonight's game or Friday night's game should be a, a, a real good test at home uh, taking on the Leopards. And like I said, you know, both teams come at one and two. Both teams are division uh, six teams that play in region 21. And uh, this could be a very important points game for both teams because the winner of this team, of this game, hopes that the other one continues to have a good season and give them second-level points and, and try to rise up in, in the uh, rankings of uh, the OSAA Division Six Region uh, 21 because this is – this is an inter-region game, so it's going to be very important for both both schools. Yeah, and like you mentioned, uh, for Liberty, it's an away game. So uh, looking at, at how um, – uh, what's the young man's name again from Liberty? 
Rushton. Rushton, you know, seeing him perform at, at an away game is, is something I am, you know, ready to see how he does and getting a better idea of what Liberty is all about. And, uh, you know, like you just said, the fact that they were able to quell the running game of McDonald uh, says says a lot about him. So, you know, we all know that, that Anthony, you know as well, you know, high school can uh, be a, a fickle beast every week. And, uh, you know, Brookfield could end up uh, turning turning things on and, and really surprising a lot of people. So um, I've heard, you know, good things about some of the some of the players there. And, um, you know, they, they're going to be excited that it's their home game. And, and uh, you know, how can you beat it again? Another Friday night football game in the Valley. And, and I'm pumped to be there with you guys. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great game. Unfortunately, uh, I was talking to Anthony before we uh, got started. His schedule got changed at work, and he won't be able to uh, join us, uh, Matt. So it'll be just you and I this week. But um, we'll miss Anthony, as we always do, because he does a terrific job uh, supplying us uh, the stats for the game. And, uh, again, I want to encourage everybody, if you want to listen to the game, at Z104. Uh, kickoff is at 7 p.m. Pre-game starts at 6.30 with Matt and I, and you can hear it all on the iHeartRadio app. Just search WWIZ for the radio station's call letters, and you'll see the banner for Z104. Just click on it, and uh, you'll have Matt and I at the call of the game uh, this uh, Friday night. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I was talking to Mark earlier, and he just, you know, uh, had to had tell me, you know, you know, he has the Fitch Harding game this week. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We have some good games coming up, guys. I, I agree. Think, hey, that game in, I think, in a I think month. the Howl the and Hubbard game is going to be kind of like this one. It's going to surprise a few people how I think competitive that game is going to be. And then uh, the game I'm really looking forward to is, is a few weeks away, but the Borman Harding game on October 6th. Uh, that is one that you and I, Matt, I think are going to enjoy. And it looks like right now, not official. But let's just say better than 50-50 uh, that we will have that Thursday night game with Howland and Niles. Yeah, that's what Mark told me we were talking yesterday. And and he gave me a, a very high percentage. He said, I, I if I'm there, I'll be watching and listening to you guys. So uh, I'll be looking forward to doing that game. That's always a big rivalry game, regardless if some teams are struggling this year. Um, Anthony, I'm going to miss you Friday, brother. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It's always it's always better with you there. But, but Tim, I, I will love being there with you as always. And uh, I'll look forward to having Anthony back the following week. I can't wait. Yeah, it should be great. And – Anthony, again, we will miss you. There's no question Thank about you. it. You bring a lot to the Thank broadcast. You. And uh, we, I know Matt and I both appreciate it. So uh, this should be, a, uh, should be a great game on, on Friday night. Again, Z104, kickoff at 7 p.m. Pre-game starts at 6.30. And you can catch it on the iHeartRadio app at just search uh, WWIZ on the app. And you'll find us. And uh, go ahead. And don't forget to on iTunes, rate, review, Rate and review, and, and you get yourself a ticket to see us beat South Dakota State. There you go. Amen, brother. And don't forget, let's let's have some fun here. It's ACAP17 yep. on Twitter for Anthony. 
And for Matt, it's EMP7172. That's EMP7172. And me, you have to learn to spell my name. It's Tim <laughs> Continenza. At Tim Continenza. Or you can actually catch me uh, once in a while, a tweet from our Radio MVP pod. So at Radio MVP pod. And uh, you can follow me, Tim Continenza. And uh, C-O-N-T-I-N-E-N-Z-A, for those who really have to figure it out by now, you should know it. I've been around forever. I'm old, damn it. <laughs> it's, it's fun. All right, guys. Hey, I want to – glad. Uh, let's not make it 25 days next time, bud. No, no, no. The schedule should hopefully start to free up here. And uh, uh, maybe the next time we talk, uh, Kyrie Irving will be on another team. I don't know. Would he just get traded again? <laughs> I think he did. Hey, hopefully next time we talk, the Indians' win streak is near 30. I tell you what, that'd be great. Let's go for it. A- I just want to remind everyone who's listening that we have multiple podcasts on RadioMVP.com, so please go to the website. You can download not just our sports podcast that you're listening to here now, but we also have our show each and every week every saturday that will go up and i'll recap all the scores and if highlights are available we'll put highlights from the game that matt and i are doing on it and also i have my one-on-one interviews with uh, people it's very similar to what matt and i did last week when we had a chance to uh do our podcast together over his house which was i again thank you for that invite matt and uh, we look forward to talking to everybody here Again, so for Anthony Kepley and Madams, I'm Tim Continenza. Thanks again for listening to Radio MVP. Don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. Review on there will earn a ticket to the YSU game against South Dakota. And the first one to tweet, Anthony, at ACAP17 with the hashtag Radio MVP, asking for the ticket, will get the ticket too. So two tickets up the vault. Uh, coming up here for the YSU-South Dakota game, and we're going to try to pack the house one by one if it takes right. that way. That's right. All right, guys. This Saturday, 2 o'clock, the Buckeyes are in a meaningless game against – who do they play again this week? I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. know. So, anyway, it it's not important. Saturday, yeah, 2 you. o'clock, Stanboy Stadium, be there to see a national championship team. I'm done for tonight. Anthony. Anthony. I told you I don't look at standings. Do you really think I look at schedules? Hey, by the way, speaking of <laughs> one to not look at standings, I haven't looked at the AL Central standings in a couple days now, which is odd for me. But the Indians need to go 10 and 6 to win 100 games. On July my prediction 18th, was 96. On Ju- my prediction of 96 looks pretty good right on now. July Army, 18th, by the way. Oh, Army. Oh, geez. Hey. Oh. Let me tell you, don't sleep on Army. I'm, I'm not sleeping on Army, but Saturday, 2 o'clock, be there. Because Ohio State's on Fox, and you can watch it on your phone now. Yeah. But please. the Indians need to go 10-6 and 6 to win 100 games. July 18th, they were 48-45. and 45. It's I, amazing. I don't 21 know what to games straight. All right, for Matt. 22 tomorrow. 22 tomorrow. Sounds good to me. For Matt, pitcher up there. For Anthony. One more time. And for myself, Sam Continenza, we'll see you all next time here on Radio MVP. Peace.